Welcome back to Maximum News, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, as always, your friendly neighborhood Simpsons Ken Maximilian Danger Derrett, and I am happy to say I finally played Baldur's Gate, Cybe. Oh, good. Yes, and uh, I'm happy to say that with the little bit that I have played of it, I am enjoying it greatly. Uh, just thought that might make you happy to hear, just to say that I can at least finally be a part of the uh, the Cool Kids Club, uh, even though it's partial. I'm at that point in the game where there's like the thing that hangs over the little broken piece in the ground that you can fall into and there's a whole bunch of bad guys. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that bit. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, we, I, I'm at a party, uh, I, yeah. For, for the longest time in the, uh, in the pre-release game, the, 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 you know, the early access portion, um, you could only set that off by by launching like an either like an explosion, or setting off an explosion, or dropping the rock on it. But now you can walk over it and it just falls. But now you can walk over it, <laughs> and it's not enough. So I I I, I can't confirm this a hundred percent because I I I was kind of trying to like move through that part of the game as fast as I could. Yeah. But I had one character who was kind of small walk over it, and it didn't trigger it. Then I had a second character walk over it, and then like I like just a bunch of my characters stood on it, and they all fell through yeah. except for one. And I'm like, wait, was that new? Did they add that like for the release version? Then you it actually like triggers from the weight. So that's that's super cool. And I think and again, it's like it's it's the reason why Baldur's Gate 100 is game of the year in my mind. Um, they have absolutely they absolutely nailed it like it is it is it is an amazing piece of artwork yeah. i've i've hated putting it on pause while I, I dive into starfield uh but there's just there's just not enough time in the day yeah tell me about it and we're going to be talking about that in a second uh because i too want to get back to Baldur's gate 3 with the stuff that i've seen of it i'm very impressed and i can already see why people say it's game of the year but uh Moving beyond that, and uh, before we get into Starfield, I, of course, want to acknowledge the people that are joining me for this podcast. Uh, you just heard Cybsidian of the Triple S League, one-third of the Triple S League. And today, we have brought back another third of the Triple S League, Ash. What's going on, man? How's it going? Uh, it's good. First. <laughs> it's oh, good, good. Great to be here. Great to be with you guys. I was like joining after a, ma- a massive release like this, so mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of... Uh, Discussing it with you, giving my impressions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ash so, wanted to join us to so here. that we could talk about uh, Starfield collectively. I have finally, because it's released to the general public, I have finally had a chance to play it. I and uh, Ash has had a chance to play it. So we're just going to, well, I and Ash are going to give our new impressions of the game. Saib is going to give you uh, continued impressions of the game because he's played a whole bunch of it. I'm going to start with myself. Um I said that I was going to play this game all day Wednesday, so I was aiming for like 16 hours in a row. That didn't happen because, uh, you know, that's just the way that life is. Because <laughs> you I have was, a life? Yeah, I have a life. <laughs> I have a life, and my life is playing other games so I can do videos about them on YouTube, which means that I can't play, <laughs> I can't play video games because I'm too busy playing, playing video games. games. Exactly. I can't play the video games I want to play because I'm playing the video games that people want to hear me talk about. Uh, I mean, like, I could do videos on Starfield, but why when everybody else is doing them? But uh, anyways, I did somehow in the last... So it came out on Wednesday. I have managed in the last five days to play 10 hours. Go me, right? 10 whole ass hours of this game. 
And uh, so the impressions I'm going to be giving are just going to be based off of what you can glean from that amount of time. So far, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's what I think. I think Todd of Bethesda said this. Todd Howard said that it's Skyrim in space. Yeah, he's right. It's Skyrim in space. And th- I, he means that. And I say that in the most complimentary way. Um, I'll say this. I'm not. It's not hooking me yet. It's not like just I'm there. I can't wait to sink a hundred hours into this game. Like I, I was hooked with past Bethesda games, like with Skyrim, like with Oblivion, like with Fallout. That said, I'm still really enjoying it. And as I was talking to Saib, uh before the show started, apparently the game really, really sinks its teeth into you as you continue to play it, especially as you progress in the main quest. So that's fine. Uh, right now, I say overall it's like an eight out of ten. But based on what Saiba said and other people have said to me, it increasingly seems to get upwards to like a nine out of ten, which is like fantastic. Um, but right now, I'm just having a really great experience with it. Uh, quickly go through the pros and then some of the cons. Love the combat. Yes, it's true. Everybody else has been saying that it's the best combat has ever been in a Bethesda game. It absolutely is. It's not the best like first-person shooter combat that we've ever seen in a game. Obviously, games like Doom or even like Call of Duty does it better, but, you know, that's its whole brand. But still, it's functional. It it has impact, and it is fun using a whole bunch of different types of weapons. Plus, it feels like a good balance between sort of modern FPS mechanics as well as what we've come to expect from the way weapons handle in a Bethesda game. It's a good balance. All right. Love the spaceship stuff. That was one of the things I was concerned about because, I don't know, just leading up until the release of Starfield, I was starting to worry whether or not the spaceship stuff would start to come across as hollow. Because when I originally heard that you were going to be able to fly a spaceship in this game, the, the main function I was looking forward to was being able to launch from a planet and then me fly it up into the sky a la No Man's Sky. But as we know, we can't do that in the mm-hmm. game. That said, the stuff that I am able to do, uh, space combat, docking onto other people's ships, stealing their ships, stealing their cargo, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. We'll see how uh, how well that holds up over the next several hours, though. Uh, what else do we have to say? Okay, this is my biggest plus. The interior level design in this game is some of the best I've ever seen in the medium. It is so... The attention to detail here, Saib, is just off the chain. It is truly next-gen. Yeah. Do you want to know why? What's that? Um, So this is is an announcement that was only really, like, known amongst... um, some some very close friends of, of mine in the modding community. Um, and this just came out. There was a fellow that uh, we used to work with um, a long time ago when, when Fallout 4 just came out. Um, Ash, I don't, I don't even know if you remember him, but he was... Um, we did the review of... Uh, uh, what is that sci-fi show where everybody switches bodies all the time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Altered Carbon. Yeah, yeah, so I, we did. I remember uh, that show, and I remember yeah. it being one of the worst things we've ever done. But anyway, continue. <laughs> so we did a we did a kind of a breakdown of the show with with a fellow. Um, one of his close friends is also a is was also a modder called Eleonora, and Eleonora made house mods 
for both Skyrim and Fallout, and especially Skyrim, was absolutely beautiful. Some of her house mods were so gorgeous, inside, outside, just fantastic. And about two and a half years ago, she just went dark. And we kind of thought that maybe she just moved on from modding, whatever, hadn't been able to get a hold of her. And lo and behold, she's been working at Bethesda. Wow. Um, actually, as far as I understand it, she actually like works at their head office now, designing the interiors on a lot of locations, including a lot of the houses and um, a lot of the sets that they use within the game. So she's been doing that like crazy for years now, apparently. Um, Kudos to her. Yeah. So this is, this is another, just another great example of how modders have been making Bethesda better and how they've realized the importance of, of these people. And it hasn't just been um, Eleonora. It's been, there's been a whole bunch of other people who now basically that the game is out have been able to confirm that yeah they they're actually on the team and that they it was kind of a little hush hush uh, just because it, you could you could kind of grasp more of what their goal was if you knew all of the people that they had brought in. Um, there are some people that I think they still really should hire. I think they should hire Gopher. I think they should hire a oh, yeah. of other people, Caliente for sure. Because the bodies are still terrible. <laughs> like they're not they're better, they're better, they're better, but they're they're still not as good as what I know that Caliente can make. So we're yeah, so the just modding has improved the game. Yeah. See it's just a hiring modders. I mean it's almost I, I remember someone having this idea a long time ago. Who mm-hmm. was that Simon? It was I don't know. I think I think I recall we talked about it. Sorry, that probably sounded incredibly uh, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> egotistical, but we this is something we've been talking about for a long time. Oh. That Bethesda should really hire hire modders. Well, um, looks like they did, and they're reaping the benefits. Looks like they for did. It. Yeah. See, see, take two, see Rockstar. That's how you do that. All right. Um, moving on to just some of my cons, and they're they're not. They're minor, but they're not that minor. They they really have been annoying me uh, enough for me to bring the game down from like a nine to an eight. Um, I'm really curious to hear you guys' thoughts on this. First of all, the map screens in this game are terrible. They're gar. Yep. They're total. <laughs> yep. Okay, I almost swore. They're garbage. <laughs> Uh, to quote the uh, angry video game nerd. Uh, Yeah, no, the local map screen, how do you, the the map screens in Skyrim and Fallout are are wonderful. They do exactly what you need them to do. They show you exactly where all the shops are in the local area. Uh, But what were they thinking going with this height map crap? I have no idea where the hell I'm going any of the time. And why is it that when I have to go, anytime I want to go back to New Atlantis, I have to, I have to go to all the different star systems back out, go back in. Why is it not more intuitive? Like it's hard to explain unless you've played the game, but Cy and Ash, them laughing, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, well, it's it, really I, yeah. Here's here's a here's a hint. Here's a here's a uh, time saving, uh, frustration saving hint for you. Um, if you're following a quest, or if you know of a quest that that's back in like say New Atlantis, uh, you just go and and this is what having all those like there's a bunch of quests in the um, 
what do they call it like activities or whatever yeah it's like the, the it's like the side it's the side 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 quests basically um you hit any of them you press uh, i think it's b on the pc uh to show the location and then you just press the tra- fast travel button and you just you go through one loading zone and so that's basically that's like so that's you know you press l then you scroll down you select you know whichever location you want to go to you press b and then it loads the map and then you just press fast travel and you're there yeah and no, and you're not yeah. even you're not in the spaceport you're you're literally just in that if i'm headed to the mass district or the commercial district you're just you're loaded into that district immediately. Yeah, and that's um, actually what I've been doing. Sorry. Uh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's just when I don't have missions that enable me to do that that I get really pissed off. Like when I want to go home to New Atlantis to go drop off stuff in my chest in the constellation bedroom area or go sell something, I ha- it takes me 30 seconds to be able to find where I need to go, whereas in past Bethesda games, it'd take me three or four seconds. That's how fast and intuitive it was. It's, it's it, like I said, it's minor, but it's not minimal. It, it is something mm. that constantly gets in the way of my playing. Second, guys, I'm playing on a PC. I got a pretty decently powerful PC. I got a 2080 Ti. I invested in that about three years ago, as well as a pretty powerful CPU and a Ryzen 12 core. I'm playing this game on medium graphics and I can't get consistent 60 FPS. <laughs> really, Bethesda? Really? And you could go on Nexus Mods right now and download a mod that enables you to get 60 FPS like that. Why was it that that mod was available within the first week or two, and yet you couldn't figure this out in the last year or two that you've been developing the game so that it could run at 60 FPS on PC? That's why I got this game on PC, Bethesda. What the hell? Look, it's not that bad i'm still playing the game i'm still having a good time but god every hour that i'm playing it i'm just constantly reminded every time that i go out and like there's some type of weather where it's not just purely sunny like maybe there's light rain or some fog it just takes a huge hit to my fps and it pisses me off but aside from that i enjoy everything else (laughs) uh and i'm very much looking forward to what else this game has to offer it, this game is my bread and butter. I'm looking to see, though, maybe if it differentiates itself from the typical Bethesda formula, which, according to what Saib said before the show, it does. Uh, but I'm going to have to find out why that is on my own time. Um, we're going to get over to Saib's continued thoughts in a second because I really want to hear because he's gone through more of the game than I think either of us have. But I want to th- throw things over to Ash. Ash, how far are you into the game right now? Do you know how many hours and what are your impressions? I am. Steam tells me I'm 56 hours in now. Some of that is oh my God. leaving it open on the on the menu screen, and and uh, some of it is going around recording guides, so not actual gameplay. But it's at least 45 to 50 hours. Okay. And I can honestly say I'm really enjoying this game. I I, it's like you said, it, it's Skyrim in space, and I think that might have been the best descriptor for it because it told me exactly what to expect, and that's kind of how I've been looking at it as I assess the game. Is it is Bethesda delivering what they promised? I, you know, I've I've been reading all kinds of opinions about this and watching reviews online, and and there's uh, a lot of strong opinions about it, even in in people in our own Discord community at the Triple S League. And 
there's some talk of, okay, this could be better. That could be better. You know, I should, I, I actually, I almost laughed out loud. I, I have a, an article up here called, uh, it's from nerd stash five promises Starfield failed to deliver. Mm-hmm. And I read through them all and, uh, none of them are very significant. Actually, I don't agree with any of them, but they're, they're number five. I laughed out loud because, uh, they said space travel that they were expecting a seamless form of space travel, you know, like you were talking about earlier, just flying through the atmosphere and landing on the planet or, you know, being able to fly through outer space, piloting your ship. Well, the paragraph opens, while Starfield never specifically promised a seamless form of space travel. So I was like, okay, you just, you just, in an effort to try to convince me that it, this game doesn't live up to what we were promised. You've debunked your own premise by saying, well, they, ne- they never actually promised it. We only, we, it's just that we were expecting it because of uh, games like No Man's Sky and Elite Dangerous. So that just kind of shows where the mindset of, of some people is at with this. Mm-hmm. And I think in the post-Cyberpunk 2077 era, I, I mean, I kind of get that. We're, we're looking at games with a, a, a more critical eye in general. We're more skeptical of, of what games are promising or what developers are promising in advance of games coming out. I understand that. We are as well. We were caught up in the Cyberpunk 2077 hype. We were let down significantly. And we've been, you know, speaking of us as a channel, like the S League. Um, but, and I personally took a wait-and-see approach with Starfield. But I think... I mean, it's 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 only courteous to actually compare it to what we were promised. We were never promised seamless space travel. And I don't know if it's because of the limitations of the engine or they just felt it wasn't worth it. Because if you think about it, the. uh, You know, flying through space is boring, (laughs) right? You want to fly from one star system to another. I mean, they use the grav drive for that, so it's not even really you're flying over distance, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can fly around in the solar system if you want, but it takes you forever to get anywhere because you're moving at incredibly yeah. so <clears throat> slow speeds relative to, so, so to these massive things. And if you so want the, planets the shortest, that are like... Hmm? The shortest distance that you can for sure 100% travel is from the Pluto, from, or from where you get dropped off in Pluto's orbit and then you can tr- travel to the um, uh, to Pluto, and that mm-hmm. was done by um, Alana Pierce. By Alana Pierce, um, there are people who are attempting to fly from like Earth to Mars, or from I think it's Earth to the Moon. Earth to the Moon is a three day. It's like it's like seventy two hours yep. basically, and that's because that's about the speed that you can get there in real life. Yeah. Um, Apparently these these distances are real and you can literally fly there. So if you want to fly from Pluto to the sun, you can, but you might have to leave your machine running for a few years. Exactly. I find that absolutely hilarious and amazing. And I, I, I also find it weird because it's like it's like so in order to get there, because the planets are actually rotating in real time, you actually have to like you can't just fly straight at an object in, in space. If you fly straight at an object, you will miss it. Yeah. You'll never get there. You've got to fly you, where it's going to be. Yeah. You're going to, you got to fly where it's yeah. going to be so that you can intercept it. 
Um, unless you're flying towards the sun, in which case, you know, you just, you know, you belt in. But the, they, the only thing they missed with that is the, is the auto death, I think, of, <laughs> like, once you get too close to a gas giant or to the sun. I think they could, and I'm sure there'll be a mod that mm-hmm. fixes that. And they most certainly could have added some kind of, like, just a, just a short, you know, just like if you fly towards a planet and you actually get there, it would have been so easy for them to just mod an auto. Like once you get within like, you know, uh, 80 miles of the 80 kilometers of the, of the planet, you just, it just puts you into a loading screen or puts you into the landing animation. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Obviously it was like, well, they, they should have, would have, could have, but this brings up a really important point when I was talking about the game with somebody else recently and they were comparing it to skyrim to no man's sky and to cyberpunk now the first two things made me roll my eyes and and i i i got very angry and i went on a rant with mooney um it's like the guy the guy said oh yeah i just wish that it was better like you know no man's sky on release you know no man's sky i remember playing that game on release i was like you do (laughs) <laughs> because I was already kind of doubting him. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we, me and my buddies jumped in. We all went to the same planet. We were all hanging out. We were all building our outposts. And I'm like, you, what sir, are hell? not remembering launch. Or you, sir, are remembering, you're remembering um, probably one of the major, like, patch releases from a few years ago. I remember launch. There was no multiplayer. There was no teaming up. There were no groups. And when two people actually did find each other, they weren't loaded in each other's games, even though they were standing right next to each other. Um, and they and they were able to prove that definitively. The amount of lies that that sh- the, the guy over at uh, that game at uh, that company did Sean. on Stephen Colbert, yeah, his name is Sean something. It's just it was it was legendary. And then the other thing that uh, people have just the inability to, I guess, remember completely is that. You didn't get a refund for No Man's Sky. And this and this was one of the reasons why Steam started to do the refund system and have better refunds because if you played No Man's Sky for more than an hour, you did not get a refund. I tried to refund that game 3 times and I I don't have it. And I've checked with everybody who played it back then and yes, they still have it in their library because they were unable to refund it. Bethesda, meanwhile, with 76, they refunded basically every single uh, request there was. Um, and they and they proved that. They, they, people refunded after 70-some-odd hours. Even now, a, a streamer, after playing 36 hours in Starfield, refunded Starfield. He did it live on camera. Um, he was, he's a real big, like, just massive Bethesda hater. But that's the thing that people need to kind of remember is that Cyberpunk, you, you're you're measuring you know, neon and ion neon um, arcade, and I were on Twitter and people were comparing the two games and and he's like, why are you guys comparing these two totally different games, totally different genres? Like, like there's one or two things that you can kind of show that are sort of similar, but that's about it. And, and very um, different expectations yeah. for uh, both. <laughs> I think. Also, I just want to point out that they were offering refunds after basically an un- unlimited amount of time in the early access phase that if you're if you buy it now and think that you're going to refund it after playing 35 to 40 hours that's not going to happen just so everyone's aware 
Yeah, um, but but and but it's just it's just the and and like I said to to Neon is like I don't think these people want to have a which was better at release because Starfield wins hands down between all of those games mentioned and Sky, especially Skyrim. And I was talking with again same guy. I said, so what's your favorite features from Skyrim? You know, at launch, like what's your favorite stuff from Skyrim? And he gave me four examples. Um, uh, so the 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 vampire system, the werewolf system, the uh, uh, building your own house and, and getting married, and then uh, the the uh, Mora quest line. All of those are expansions. <laughs> like all of those, with the exception of the werewolf thing, which is they had a much more improved version of it come out later on. Yeah, those are all not on release versions so that's this is why i think starfield i'm giving it more credit than it is currently due because i know that they have four more years plus i've heard rumors that they have five years of expansions planned and that those five expansions basically there's supposed to be like five of them Holy crap! That's when you're going to look back at the game. Ten years from now, people aren't going to look back at the game, and they're going to—they're not going to look at Starfield the way it is right now. They're going to look at Starfield how it was after all of the missing content. And again, it's not missing content because I think the game is fairly good. I think they did miss out on mechs, but like this, yeah. But this is just how Bethesda works. They—it's not that they don't have these stuff. You know, it's not like they made it and then they're just sitting on it waiting. No, they they've got a, a general like rough concept, but they really really need to improve it, and they're gonna have to tweak a bunch of the the baseline stuff in the game to make it like functionable. You know, I think there's a. I, I mean, I think I can see now why they don't have vehicles. Mm-hmm. When you land on a planet, you know, that whole topography of the planet is not there. You know that that region that you're in, the game generates that when you land. And I discovered, to my disappointment, I'll I'll say, that you can't land at one point and then land at another point nearby and then walk between the two. Mm-hmm. They're completely different maps. Uh, you get, I got about four kilometers away from my ship and I just got a an invisible wall and a notification saying, you can't go any farther. I was disappointed by that. Yeah, I because I, I, I was trying to I was trying to land like as close as possible to the to where the my quest zone. to where my quest was without touching it, like just as close as possible, and then walk to it. Wanted to see if that was possible, and then um, I couldn't, and that disappointed me. And I thought, well, two things here. First of all, invisible walls suck. At least at least have some reason. Like you're getting too far from your ship, and. You know, this is going to, you know, you can't map beyond this point or something. Come up with some in-game reason why I can't go that way, right? Make it, you're breaking my immersion here to the nth degree. Yeah. They'll but, add a mod to fix that. It's easy uh, to get rid of. Well, sure. <laughs> but well, also, I, hold also, on, hold on. I, I got I to gotta push back on this a little bit. Um, if you're looking at Google Maps and you get two pins that are like, and you're like on Google Maps, you're on Google World. And you scroll out and you're looking at it about the size that we're looking at, you know, any of these planets. And then you pick two points that are like as close as you can like reasonably figure they are. You zoom in, it's like those two points are like eight hours apart. Yeah. By granted. by walking. Just, I wanted to and, see if it could be done though. I wanted to see if it could be done. And also I, I, and I do have to I do have to say this. I've been uh, I'm up to ninety hours in game right now. 
I have not once yet hit an uh, invisible wall on, on any of the planets, uh, despite exploring extensively. Well, you so have I, to walk. I, I you, you have to be intentional line. about it. Yeah, you have to I be walked in a straight line for four kilometers, it. which took a while. It took yes. a while. I do have it recorded. Um, but that's about it. now. What it this disappointed me at first because I was like, oh, okay, the the this whole land mass. What the, the the idea that there's this whole planet you can land on, it's just an illusion. But then I sat sat back and thought about that statement, and I was like, this is a video game. Everything's an illusion. That, none of this is real. And so that I felt better about it after that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I realized what would be the point of having an entire planet of, of, of terrain just sitting there, you know, on your hard drive that you're never going to see? Well, there, there would be no point to it. Uh, it's just, you know, you'd have gigabytes and gigabytes of data loaded onto your system that doesn't exist. So... While I was a little disappointed that, you know, it wouldn't kind of seamlessly mesh two points on the terrain, I got over that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I bring this up to point out that, you know, while I, I, I realize there are some people who are disappointed by the fact that you can't, like, start at one planet, you can't just take off from one planet, fly through the atmosphere, fly to another planet, and then land anywhere on that planet, well, you can land anywhere on the planet, but that you can't just fly through the atmosphere and land anywhere on that planet. Well, I understand that that there's some level of disappointment to that, but there's two responses I have to that. One is that uh, we were not promised that, first of all. Right. We were promised we were promised you can land anywhere on a planet, uh, that any planet you see can be landed on and explored, but... Uh, we weren't promised it was all going to be this this seamless uh, world with no loading screens. Mm-hmm. And secondly, why why would you want to do that anyway, other than just to try it once as a gimmick, and then for the you know aside from that, you're just going to fast travel because that mm-hmm. takes up an, an insane amount of time. Like like I've said, these are these are if these are actual planet sized planets, walking from one point to another that takes forever. But the lack of vehicles may be because the, uh, the of limitations on the size of these these maps that are generated uh, as you know when you land at a point. Right. Uh, so yeah, the, I'm not sure if. Sorry, the rest hmm? of the game around that is good, and that's ultimately what matters. Even though I yeah. would like that type of functionality where you can, if you wanted to, go down through the atmosphere to the planet below. Does it ultimately matter in the long run? No, if, if for the exact yeah. reasons that you laid out. Anyways, we've been, I did say that I wanted to keep this to <laughs> 20 minutes, but we've gone over 30 minutes now. Sorry. Um, no, 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 it's okay. But uh, I'm just, so, Ash, just uh, summarize your thoughts and then I'm going to throw it over to Saib and try to get him to go through it quickly so that we can get sure. to the other I'll, I'll try to be really quick here. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoying the game, even 50 hours in. I am the main quest. The main storyline is interesting. I'll I'll admit it. it, It's off to a a slow start. And I think, you know, I've heard that critique and I I agree. It's off to a slow start, but it's not not so slow that it's dull to the point where I wasn't interested right away. I'm interested in the world. Uh, So, you know, I I'm intrigued by the story. Uh, but there's so much side stuff that I'm just constantly getting distracted. I'm addicted to shipbuilding and building my in my uh, 
my ideal ship. I love the ship builder. I have really not bothered with base building and stuff in, in most games and like follow and stuff. I I just couldn't be bothered with building bases, but the having a ship builder, this is a ama- this is awesome to me because it just comes with me wherever I go. I don't have to go back to it, you know, and so I built a ship that has all the research stations and everything that I need in it. So it's basically just a mobile base. And I, and you know I can make it look how I want and have all the stuff I want. So I love it. As opposed to like I couldn't be bothered with bases. I didn't think I'd be that interested in the shipbuilding, but I'm basically addicted to it. And any any time I build up a significant number of credits, I'm spending them on you know upgrading my ship and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm loving that. The exploration, while there is some redundancy and things like you see the same creatures on different planets, which I find a little immersion breaking. At the same time, if, if you can kind of suspend disbelief, uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed the exploration and just walking around in these environments and trying to scan stuff. You scan in everything that's available to scan on a planet. It's a good way of making credits, by the way. Uh, yeah. go, go back to talk to that guy on uh, oh, whatever that starship, that star-shaped uh, uh, telescope thing. He'll buy them from you for like 10,000 credits a pop. He, he, he pays the most yeah, save, you can sell them in other places too. One. But yeah, yeah, he he pays the most, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have infinite credits at a time either. But mm-hmm. um, side quests, um, so far, uh, when it's hard to tell if the quest you're on is procedurally generated or handcrafted, I'd say that's a, a stroke of success. And so far, it's been hard to tell. I mean, there's some that I know obviously are. It's like, okay, I pick up a bounty to go get this ship in this system. Well, I know that's, you know, that's procedurally generated. There's other times where an NPC comes up and talks to me and it's like, I can't tell if if someone wrote this or if it's been, uh, you know, just kind of a procedurally generated thing. So I guess if they start to repeat, I'll be able to tell. But so far that hasn't happened. And uh, I have some critiques. I think the menu is clunky. Uh, they don't explain stuff very well, which is great for when you when you run a YouTube channel that does game guides. That's fantastic. But I think that... For- <laughs> Her overall user experience, it, it's frustrating people that certain things are not explained, even some basic things like how do you loot a ship after after you destroy it and th- that kind of a thing. Um, what have I not said? I know you, you know, I don't want to go on too long here, but overall, really, really enjoying it. If you like, uh, I'll, I'll end with this. If you like playing Bethesda games, you're going to like Starfield, especially if you like sci-fi. Obviously, if you don't like the sci-fi genre, then don't pick it up. Right. I would describe this game, though, as everything I loved about the Outer Worlds mashed together with uh, games like Star Control and, uh, you know, these these space games, some of which had shipbuilders that I really enjoyed. Um, mash those together, crank it up to 110, and, and it's that. And so, yes, it's Skyrim in space. Don't expect it. Don't expect any more or less than that, except I think they definitely did they upped their game with this one compared to previous releases on, you know, especially at launch. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm enjoying this more than I ever enjoyed Skyrim. Um, and I had another thought about that, but I, I just lost it. Anyway. Uh, cool. Oh, oh, right. They oh. promised us that it was going to be the least buggy and most polished Bethesda game at launch. They're right. It's It's true. Like yes, there, yeah. Now, the fact that there are a lot of bugs, it's it's the least buggy I found. And I have had some hilarious bugs, let me tell you. I've got some recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, there are some problems. It's 
apparently not well optimized. Um, I'm running a 4070 Ti uh, graphics card, and while I, I'm running on ultra settings and getting well over 60 frames per second most of the time, but when I go back to New Atlantis, it chugs. So oh there's definitely some room for improvement. Yeah, if you're on a 4070 Ti, are you kidding me? All right, well, that's good. Generally, um, thank you for offering your thoughts. Saib, very quickly, you said you're over 90 hours. How much has your opinion changed, if at all? Um, It's still high. Uh, I, I I am doing things, and this is what I encourage you to do. If you find something fun in the game, just stick to doing what you're finding fun in the game. If you... Mooney can't handle the the space dogfighting. You don't have to do it. There's there's only one or two missions where it actually forces you to do it, and there are ways to make it more simple, to make it more easy. Um, but as far as the game goes, just stick to having fun in it. If you're not having fun in it, try something else, or just put the game aside. Excuse me, <clears throat> put the game aside for for a couple days, or um. Or start modding it. You know, that's that's one thing that I did is I started to mod it. And right away I'm having I am having some issues with modding it, but right away, like there were some there was one or two mods in it that just immediately perked me up because it was like, ah, okay, now I've got rid of that annoying issue that I don't like dealing with anymore. Just do that. That's what Bethesda games are made for. You know, you couldn't say this, you can't say this about any other game. You can't say this in a game that doesn't have a humongous, absolutely enormous modding community. But you can definitely say this about uh, about Bethesda games because they are nothing but designed for this. And I'm going to give you the count uh, very quickly here. The count of mod total mods in Starfield as of our recording this is, um, is some ridiculous number. Uh, it is over... It's over. It's almost up to a thousand right now on Nexus mods. Uh, just right. no mods, mods across all platforms. It's oh. ridiculous. It's huge, and it's growing. And because I, I keep, I keep a close eye on mods on other websites, stuff like that. Um, some of these are duplicates, no doubt. Some of these are are pointless. Some of these aren't aren't maybe like, um, you know, the the best examples of of modding, but they are being made being built being worked on and they're good the game is is good in that sense and especially if you're playing this on you know game pass you're getting your money's worth <laughs> you know free yeah yeah that, that that sounds like you're getting your money's worth honestly it really does well and i suppose yeah. even if you uh even if you're not sure about it if you if you have Game Pass or you want to subscribe for a month and just try it out, uh, yeah, not a bad, not a bad way to go. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So overall, so just, I, I've yeah. been playing. I haven't installed a single mod yet. I'm still really enjoying it. I'm finding if there if there's mods to improve the combat, I would like to see that. It's yeah, I'd say it's better than well, Fallout Four, like one, your stand max. But uh, I'm still finding it kind of mid, personally. My last little thing on on the combat thing is is. I, I have seen a lot of criticism as when Gold was criticizing the game. He said that there's no enemies that have, you know, m- you know, made him like go, oh shit, oh shit, now is time. Oh, you got to do this. I noticed that with a couple other people. 
Uh, and I did watch, um, I watched one fellow who was very, 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 very negative on the game, complaining about how there's no, you know, all the, all of the AI are so easy that he does, he doesn't even have to try. It's all stupid. There's nothing. Blah, 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 blah. I noticed two things. A, he's playing on very easy. <laughs> okay. So he's playing on very easy, and he did not start fighting the uh, the Terramorphs, which uh, that's all I'll say on it. If you are fighting the game easy, go land on, on Londinium and let me know how long you survive. Because I guarantee you, it won't be more than half an hour if you're not like exploiting, hiding in a corner, or you know, infinitely grab jumping, <laughs> uh, jetpacking into the sky. That's this not you're, you, you, yeah. That's just not going to happen that way. Or turrets um, and uh, yeah. people who play the game know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, turrets, <laughs> right? Anyways, guys, those are our general thoughts on Starfield. We've gone over twice the amount of time that I was expecting, but it, it was it was okay. It was a good. It, we I contributed to that to a great degree as well. It's just it's a new game. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun to talk about. What do you guys think of the game? Uh, the people that are watching this and or listening to this right now, can you please leave your comments in the comment section below so that we can keep the discussion going? Um, all right. Well, I don't know. We, we might do another uh, follow-up on this next week if I can find some more time to play it. I'll probably be at 20 hours and Cybill have probably gone through all 200 hours of the game. All right. Let's go through these next three stories really, really quickly. Uh, Side Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. It's been in development hell, but it looks like it finally has a release date, right? When is that? Let's hope that it finally has a release date. So check you can check out the trailer. It did drop a week ago. Mm-hmm. I follow a lot of um, a lot of uh, paradox stuff. Like I, I am I am a huge fan of of uh, Stellaris. Um, I've been, I know about their, their Star Trek version game that they're coming out with. I know about the, the, the star, uh, Stellaris light version that they have running. Um, this I've somehow, I totally missed it last week as far as a news story, uh, probably just because Starfield and, and all this stuff, but they did, they did put out a new, a new trailer. It's about a minute long. It looks surprisingly almost exactly like the other trailer that they put out years ago. Not the same though. Completely different characters. Completely different kind of like focus, but it played almost exactly the same. And it seems to be a little bit graphically better. I don't know about the gameplay though. So this this is kind of weird. And um, yeah, it's very strange. So yes, it did get shipped off to a different studio uh, to to work on. They apparently gutted a fair amount of it. And then started over from not from scratch, but just with all the a- assets from the um, from the previous attempt. Combat looks slightly different, but still very much the same. You're 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 literally walking around like an, you know the the early black and white movie film vampires. You know where they're they're walking with their hands forward. You know with the creeping hands going. I want to suck your blood. This is this is what. This is what this is why FPS games is so confusing to me. It's like if you see a dude holding the pose of of a guy in an FPS game, especially melee, the, like his hands are just like floating unnaturally in front of him, right? Like he's just he's just got them like propped up about shoulder height, 
and he's like just bobbing them around as he moves. I I could I must say, seen seen some combat. Never seen anybody do that ever. Seen a lot of fights. Watched a lot of um, you know uh, uh, wrestling and and uh, mixed martial arts. And gotta say, I don't see people with the floaty arms with the the reach extended walking around going, yeah, let let's pick a fight, yo, right. Like right. it's so weird. It's so weird. You're Other than that, the only weird, person in the universe that thinks about this, I'll, I clearly, I'll that. I, I clearly, yeah. Um, <laughs> Other than that, just like it's a game, dude. It's a game, right? But other than that, um, nothing special poked my eye, or not poked my eye. Poked nothing caught eye. my eye. Nothing caught my eye with this, and Didn't and reach I reach out and poked you in the eye. Oh, yeah, too bad. And I and I think that. Overall, I think that that the the commercials, the trailers that I've seen for it, are really the wrong focus for the game. the The first game was so good because of the the story, because of the the role play, because of the interaction, because of the characters. I haven't seen once, not in this version or the previous version uh, incarnation of this game, I've never seen it showcased in a way that makes it look like, hey this is something that has a strong narrative. Whenever I see it, it just looks like dude running around doing random vampire things. And th- there is for sure a market in that for, for a game. And But I just don't know why they, like, like why so much time? I, it's, it's super confusing to me. I don't think that this is, I, I don't, I would not recommend to anybody pre-order this. Please don't pre-order this. Yeah, if there's any game that you shouldn't, pre-order i mean you shouldn't pre-order generally speaking but this one given how long it's been in development hell and you know like when it comes to games that are in development hell the vast majority of them when they finally do get released aren't very good now there are exceptions you know metal gear rising revengeance uh, was in development hell fantastic game very recently dead island 2 everybody thought that was going to be a disaster and it wasn't amazing but it came out and it was a very competent game in its own right and there are one or two other that i'm that have been in development hell and came out oh last guardian what a a wonderfully underrated game in my opinion but aside from those games the like i said the vast majority of them aren't very good and i don't know i get the feeling that because of the number of changes in direction the number of people that have been handling it that maybe we should be drastically lowering our expectations for this one i I don't know does that seem unreasonable or should we have i'm curious about the i puzzled by the studio that they gave it to because it's been it was taken away from brint's original developer and given to the chinese room right and they did everybody's gone to the rapture which that was okay right they're they're known for a lot of these sort of uh, very story heavy walking simulators yeah and nothing nothing massive nothing uh i mean i've heard of very few of their games um dear esther uh everybody's gone to the rapture amnesia a machine for pigs that one was pretty good apparently i'm you know i'm not saying that they're a bad developer i'm just curious about why they were giving a game that has so much writing on it, or so much uh, expectation, so much love for this franchise. Are, do they have what it takes to 
to live up to everybody's expectations of this. Right. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. This maybe sort of- they've had an influx of money and can can pull it off. I, I, I don't know. I know right. very little about them. Uh, I don't know. Do you either of you guys have any thoughts on that? Just on the surf uh, outside looking in as somebody who knows nothing about Vampire the Masquerade, it, it seems to be sort of like what I'm going through right now with Bluebird Team, the people behind Layers of Fear, Blair Witch, the medium, um, handling the Silent Hill 2 remake. There are things about them that makes me think that they can handle it well and other things that make me extremely pessimistic. It seems to me that with what uh, the Chinese room has handled up until this point, they can do good games, but the type of game that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has to be, at least in terms of overall quality, like you said, Ash, I don't know if they have that capacity. I just hope that whatever pitch they made to the people handling the property, that it was impressive enough that they had reasonable hope to put into the Chinese room, you know? Yeah, I hope it wasn't just a, this is the best we can come up with after, you know, after we uh, have run this project into the ground. Right. And had to ditch the previous developer and we're kind of desperate for someone to do it. I hope it's not that. I hope that it is that they really believe that the Chinese room can do this. I really hope they can do it too. Again, not saying one way or the other about the quality of them or whether or not I think they could pull it off or not. I just don't know. It's just kind of a surprise looking at their their the docket of games they've put out. They're all they're Kind of niche titles there yeah. and walking simulators and that kind of thing. Right. Let's hope it doesn't become another Duke Nukem forever. All right. Let's uh, move beyond that. Oh, by the way, coming out, uh, I think they said late 2024 next year. Okay. Next piece of news. So Gamescom happened last month. And apparently uh, this is corroborated by Eurogamer and Video Games Chronicle. The Nintendo Switch 2 was shown off to a select view invitees. I can't speak. Invitees uh, at Gamescom. I I don't know if the console itself was showcased or just the hardware, but um, whatever the case may be, like we saw what they intend to be using for the Nintendo Switch 2 uh, at Gamescom, um, or the people that were invited, rather. So uh, we have some details from those two aforementioned uh, websites. Um, apparently, NVIDIA DLSS, that's the upscaling technology that a lot of PC gamers use whenever they have lower-grade hardware, but they want to get higher graphics. That's sort of what they're trying to go for for the Nintendo Switch 2. Uh, at least that's what they're repeating. And uh, they actually demonstrated uh, this tech on Breath of the Wild, which apparently was uh, able to upscale it all the way up to 4K, 60 FPS, which is exactly what the Nintendo Switch 2 should be doing and better be doing. But not only that. Guys, you remember that Matrix Awakens demo that showcased the power of Unreal Engine 5 and really, really, like, blew everybody away? Apparently, mm-hmm. they got that crap running on the Switch 2. Now, I imagine Ooh. it's not going to be as good as it was on PS5, but if they could get, like, 80% of the functionality of that on the Switch 2... I'd be very happy. And uh, apparently they did. All right, let's see what else do they got here. Um, ray tracing tech, that's good. Good to hear. Um, 
it's still going to be portable. So that that's sort of the reason why people are calling it the Switch 2, because Switch and the Wii U uh, introduced that level of portability for uh, Nintendo consoles, and they are going to be carrying that over. So being able to have something that like has 1080p portable capability, I hope, would be a game changer uh, and you know definitely be better than what uh, Valve is offering with their Steam Deck or what PlayStation Portal is going to be offering. Um, so hopefully uh, they can uh, set the standard there. And then what else do we see here? Oh, yes, of course. So when is it coming out? Well, according to Video Games Chronicle, they mentioned a Tokyo-based industry consultant of theirs, a guy named Dr. Serkin Toto, who says that the new console should be coming out late next year, which honestly sounds about right. It's it's about time. It's been seven years. Xbox and uh, PlayStation 5 are already out with their uh, new consoles. It's about time that Nintendo uh, follow up on the Nintendo Switch, which everybody knows is uh, really lagging behind in terms of hardware. So it's about time. Um, this is about pretty much everything that I think people should reasonably be expecting from Switch 2. Nothing huge, but I'm satisfied. Cybe, uh, just general thoughts. I, I know we both hate Nintendo as a company, but just uh, on the story itself, any thoughts? I, I don't hate them as a company. I, I think I think that they're a little misguided. I think that they have held on to this idea of having their own hardware for some reason, which I could probably guess as this concept that they just do not think that people should be able to make content or utilize their art for their product and if they want to retire a brand doesn't matter if there's 50 million fans that hold it near and dear to their heart if they just decide that they're just not going to make any more whatever that the fans should just go oh well all right i guess we'll just erase it from our memory and look back on it with um you know like like a, a past loved one you know you don't yeah. have to do that and and the and I, I do understand and I do feel for people who who have their art stolen, who have their stuff stolen. I, I feel badly that there's a handful of products out there that started as ideas and, and, and you know, dreams of some person wanting to make a show or wanting to make a series or wanting to make a manga. And then to have that taken away from you by some kind of a content creator who manages to to make a parody of it but better and more success successful and then your the story that you originally envisioned is now in the hands of basically somebody who parodied your stuff and you're so angry at that that you just you just become a bitter angry person for the rest of your life i do feel sorry for those people so what, but what's the comparison here are you saying if nintendo released for other uh platforms that, that i think in their be... minds in their minds i think that it would validate the people because you know how much they hate people who do parody i mean the the fact that they try the the fact that they fought so hard for so long against the um against stuff like YouTube where it's like, you know, like uh transformative content, right? They didn't believe in that. They still don't. They only accept it because they they lost the lawsuit for it and would get, you know, in big trouble if they tried to like crush the people who 
do make videos about Mario and Peach doing naughty things or doing funny things or doing things with, you know, Captain America and other stuff like that. They hate that stuff. You remember the old, like, cartoon, like, movie review stuff? I can't remember the channel where it was like, you know, they, they would just have these two guys in a cafe talking about the talking about a, a, a about a movie that came out. It's like they had Mario show up in that, and that's one of the ones where they tried to sue those people for everything they they were worth. Because Mario showed up and sat down between Superman and Batman and talked for like two seconds. And they're like, That is our content. You deserve to die. And I think that's I think that's what causes the why they want their own platform, period why they don't see any value in going over to PC, why they see zero value in moving over to what 5 billion mobile devices on the planet. Like even if you sold your product at a, even if you sold Mario one for a dollar, you would make five, you could potentially make $5 billion. Mm-hmm. that it's just so weird to me. So I don't hate them. I don't, I don't think they're, um, they're they, malicious. I think they're just stupid a little bit um, <laughs> in, in regards of like, in regards to that, because we know that they've had financial issues in the past. And it's like, well, if you, if you put out Mario one, two and three tomorrow on a steam thing where people could buy it and just play it on their PC, you're done just one, two and three. Yeah. And you sold it for eighty dollars you would probably sell over a million copies of that in one day. Yes. Okay. And we, I completely agree with you, Cy, uh, but just, I don't want to tread this. It's okay. But, yeah. uh, okay. Just want to get Ash's, Ash, do you have anything quick that you want to add in here? Just that, uh, despite all of what Cy said, and I agree that Nintendo has some strange practices and I don't, I, I, I mean, I think there are some, th- they're leaving money on the table by not expanding beyond their own hardware, but, that said, it is definitely time for a new Nintendo console. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of, of Nintendo's uh, games and, and IPs in general. Not a fan of their business practices, but I love their what the stuff they put out in general. Uh, it's time for a new 3D Mario. I hope they release an, another one that uh, surpasses Mario Odyssey, which was, I think it was a launch title for the Switch. Yes. It came out, you know, at least came out shortly after. Um, it's interesting to see this so shortly after, I mean, I guess this isn't a a full on announcement for the new switch, but they just announced the new, uh, 2d Mario game. uh, The first one in a while, Mario, super Mario wonder, uh, the first 2d Mario with a full, fully designed world from them. Uh, you know, so I'm not counting the Mario maker games, obviously, but, uh, that was just announced recently. It's coming out in October. But absolutely time for a new Switch. Zelda Breath of the... Or sorry, uh, Tears of the Kingdom really showcased how old the Switch's hardware is because they were just... They were... They were pushing it to its limits and, uh, you know, that game, you could could see it was just straining against uh, the restrictions of the hardware. So, um... Of course, there's going to be some double dipping because they're going to sell. They're going to sell that game for the new console, and a lot of people are going to buy it. And maybe that's the whole, all part of their game plan. But anyway, looking forward to it. Uh, but as a as a guy with kids, and you know, we play our Nintendo Switch a lot in this house, so I'm looking forward to the new one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, me too. All right. You know, what? I'm just going to skip over the next one, even though I was talking about our beloved Spyro. Uh, well, I'll just say this. Activision sucks. We we all know this. <laughs> and uh, they have Toys for Bob, the people that made the immaculate Spyro Reignited trilogy, as well as Crash uh, Bandicoot 4, which was amazing. Uh, they have them working on Crash Team Rumble and uh, support work for Call of Duty instead of Spyro 4, which is like, a game that I want desperately because Spyro 3 is one of my top five favorite games of all time. Um, despite the fact that uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy sold t- 10 million plus copies over the last uh, several years, uh, mm-hmm. it came out in 2018 and came out uh, now it's 2023, which is amazing. Like smaller studios would give anything for those types of numbers. And you could use that to build up a, like bring back this An mascot. Actual to the studio. Exactly. But Yeah. Call of Duty always takes precedence in this world, but that that's all there is to it. Uh, and again, Nintendo, Nintendo is not alone in the, the stupidity department. This, this is like 10 million copies. You, you have abandoned a product that sold 10 million copies over the course of five years. Why? Yeah. Well, because, because we didn't want to hire 50 other people to fill in a new studio. Do you, do you have any idea how frustrating it is? To hire people, this is like I—I I just imagine Bobby Kotick laying in bed, and his secretary calls him. It's like, sir, you—you you have that—you have that appointment to hire the new studio or set up the new studio. I don't want to. I'm not feeling good. Mm, I just want to stay in bed. And it pisses me <laughs> off because it, Toys for Bob, the people over at that company are so immensely talented. Those mm-hmm. guys could easily become Activision's equivalent of Respawn for EA. They what they did with Reignited Trilogy and with Crash Bandicoot 4 it's about time is so wonderful. It, it, I loved everything about those games and if they could bring the sensibilities of that to a Spyro 4, they could really use that as sort of like a system seller or something that can get kids into the games. Sell it for the Switch 2 and you can make a whole bunch more money off of that, but yeah, they just they can't look beyond what is you know the obvious money sellers with Call of Duty, which you can do while making Spiral Four. But anyways, that's it for this episode. I don't want to end it on too much of a dour note. Let's just uh, go beyond that and remember that we still have Starfield and we still have more games, especially Lies of P, which is coming out next week. I'm going to spend some time with that. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Maximum News. Make sure to hit that like button, because when you do that, it tells the YouTube algorithm that not only this video, but all the other videos on the Triple S League channel are worth watching. Make sure to leave a comment if you have any thoughts on any or all the stories that we talked about today. I want to thank Ash and Side, two-thirds of the Triple S League, for joining me on the show. Guys, do you have anything you want to plug before we conclude? Maybe Sinometry, Ash? Sinometry. Plugged. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it's a, a second channel I started focusing on uh, to focus more on TV and movies. And uh, I had started a series that's gained some some surprise, a surprising amount of popularity mm-hmm. called Overthinking Futurama. So I am I am kind of shifting my focus over there more and more. Obviously had to had to shift back over here to do a lot of uh, work with Starfield, but. Yeah, working on the next episode, but check it out. It's at Scenometry. You can find it linked in the description below, or it's, it's on our channel main page if you look at the other channels uh, section that we have there. Nice. And, uh, and check out Max Derrett's channel. Yep, check, check out Max Derrett's channel. He does uh, really great uh, 
dive, diving into the psychology and philosophy of video games and also you do some movies and TV shows as well, I know. Yeah, from I, time I to enjoyed, time. I enjoyed your, your take on The Matrix. Hey, thanks, uh, man. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so definitely check out Max as well. Barely anybody watched those Matrix videos. Thank you for saying that. Um, and uh, yeah, make sure to tune in to my channel this week because I got a video coming out on Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, which is an excellent game. Really, really deep game. Uh, also, finally, uh, Saib, was there anything you wanted to plug? Uh, no, no, just like, unfortunately, we haven't I haven't been able to do as much content as, as I've wanted to because I have been in extraordinary back-to-back uh, root canals over the last two weeks so mm. it's been re- it's been very painful and it sucks yeah I, had, I actually had one of those about a week and a half ago and uh yeah, yeah. not fun all right guys that does it for us i will see you again but well, we will see you again next week bye-bye stay yellow <laughs>